This is How to Japan, and today we're talking about cars. Yes, good old cars, hardy, reliable cars. They make exactly. They make the life go. They they make the life go round. They make the life go yes. round. <laughs> Not the world, but the life. Yeah, Japan. Japan is home of many reliable brands. I always find it fascinating when I see these terrorists in faraway regions, like in the, in the Middle East, yeah. like the Taliban or uh, Al Qaeda. They used to, you know, they always drive these Toyota, these Toyota vehicles because they are they're very sturdy. You know what I learned about that is I, I was looking for a used car a few years ago, and I went to this one place called Gulliver. You know Gulliver, right? Have you seen Gulliver? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're a big uh, chain uh, car dealership. They in they sell cars. And um, they must have taken it from Gulliver's Travels. Right? I guess so. That's a really clever name, right? Uh, maybe mm. I'm giving them too much tr- uh, credit, but uh, <laughs> they're so clever. <laughs> they really pulled me in. I wanted to buy all my cars from them, uh, but. Uh, what they told me was when when I went in there um, is that if you want to sell your car down the line, there's certain models that you should that you should buy now. For example, the Toyota Pro Box, which is the boxiest looking station wagon that's usually used for used by salespeople in in uh, different companies, and these cars actually have a high retail value. After even after ten years, even after ten years, because uh, they'll be purchased by the car dealership or a place like Gulliver, Gulliver, and then uh, rebundled or resold in uh, the Middle East. Mm, so interesting. There, yeah, so there's certain models that'll do that. So if you want to be able to, the car does not look. Pretty. So are you telling me they're supporting terrorist networks? You've heard it from me first. Toyota Pro Box. <laughs> And Al Qaeda. Now in the realm of uh, political <laughs> political discussion, this has right. to stop. It's going to get heated. <laughs> we can't let this happen anymore. It's down with Toyota Pro Box, the Pro Box secret plan to overtake the world with Al Qaeda must end now. Uh, could be, but um, I, not just Al Qaeda can benefit, but you know, normal folk who who are you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love the seriousness, the serious tone. You suddenly switched. No, no, not just not just Al Qaeda, but normal folk can get a lot of, out of these vehicles. You know, people put your NPR voice on. Get the fuck out of here. You know, people who like to frequent McDonald's, they might have a might have a liking for a Big Mac, and and they pray five times a day. Hey, you know, it's a hybrid of cultures. Uh, so, well, in our cultures, mm-hmm. right? Japan has. Particularly in America, from what I've heard, I've never been a car guy, but I know that in America, uh, many, many Americans trust Japanese automotive brands yeah. versus many of the American brands, which went off a cliff somehow. Uh, I, I, I don't know the time frame, but the quality became a little questionable. Yeah. And it was the Japanese brands which were became associated with reliability. Yeah. So they may not have been the fanciest car you can get, but you can depend on them. Yeah. It brings me back to... Uh uh, you know, that Bill Maher show, uh, Politically Incorrect, back in the 90s. And I just, I don't know, I only watched like two or three episodes of this show. But one show 
had Quentin Tarantino on it. And they were talking about cars, whatever the fuck. And he was talking about, you know, you know the thing I like about Hondas? You just put the key in and it goes every time. It just goes. That's why I buy those cars. Mm. So I agree. Yeah. You, you just put the key in, you turn the ignition, and it goes. But yeah, American cars in the 70s and 80s were trash. What, do you ha- what happened, do you think? Uh, there was uh, various news reports just came became out. became complacent? Complacent and planned obsolescence that started in the 1960s. Uh, mm. it, they they knew that uh, in uh, according to some sources, and I don't have my sources with me, uh, but according to some sources, back in the '60s in boardroom meetings, they the GM people they wanted more and more consumers to buy more and more stuff, and they realized they had created a trust in their product because for many years it was a good friggin' product. So they knew they could get people to buy more and more stuff if they just made cars a little bit less uh, lower of lower quality. And this 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 uh, tumbleweeded into the early 80s. I mean, the cars we had when I was a kid were pieces of shit. And then finally, mm. my dad bought in 1986, he bought a Subaru hatchback and he's like, fucking love this car. This fucking car is great. But Mm-mm. he had a problem. And did I ever tell you this problem? He worked for the IBEW as a union guy in Philadelphia, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. International. Okay, this is a stress on the story of my dad owning a foreign car, and he was uh, a union member of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. One day we had to go down to the union hall, and he took Sounds me Sounds like down. a cult. <laughs> Pretty close. Uh, so one time we went down to the union hall, and we come up to the parking lot, and there's a big sign in front of the parking lot. Hey, guess what? No foreign cars allowed. So we had to park our car on the street to go into a place called the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. Uh, mm. I guess they don't understand the concept of what international means. In any case. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like the World Series in baseball in America, isn't it? Yeah, yeah there's, we, we don't really understand the meanings of words, actually. <laughs> Just, yeah, World Series. <laughs> it's, it's, it's around the world, but no other fucking countries are invited to our competition. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, the irony of American culture. So I just thought about it now, but also what worked in Japanese automobile automotive manufacturers' favor was this system called just in time, JIT oh, okay. system, yeah, which yeah. was initiated in 1952. Mm-hmm. And these principles were about um, basically a factory worker having the ability to make changes on the fly uh, to any, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or to suggest any improvements in the manufacturing process. Mm-hmm. So everyone played an important part in the development of cars. Uh, it was about the elimination of waste, uh, total quality management, continuous quality improvement, uh, focused um, reducing setup times, flexible resources. And they, um, it, was a, it was a real, it was a highly precise system which the Americans had, had no idea about. And I think this is what gave the Japanese a real uh, advantage in competing on the world stage, was just constant iterations and improvements and providing the uh, maintenance, which 
uh, people, like, especially used car dealerships around the world, they uh, relied heavily on. So I think, yeah, I think Japan was just ahead of the curve there in yeah, the manufacturing prowess. I, I, yeah, I've heard a lot about that too. And I, I think that was. Um, uh, Kaizen, I think, is the term. Oh, yeah, Kaizen is improvement. That's the. Yes. Or, is it Kaizen or Kaizen? Yeah, Kaizen. Kaizen. It's Kaizen, yeah, that's improvement yeah. in Japanese, mm. the Kaizen system. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point because I, I, I remember reading. Now my memories are so freaking foggy that I, I don't want to say bullshit. So let's just move on. Now you make uh, okay. some good points. You have a car. Mm hmm. You can drive in Japan, and I can't. Yeah. I've never had the desire. Mm -hmm. Even in New Zealand, I yeah. never had the desire to own my own car. Uh, yeah. I was living in the city of New Zealand, and the same here in Japan. Even when I was living outside of Tokyo, I had a bicycle to go to and from work, mm -hmm. and everywhere else I traveled on the train or in a Shinkansen. So I never had the need for a, a car. So... Mm -hmm. In your case, what 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 is it about your situation that made you want to get a car? Well, basically, we moved to a smaller city outside of the Kanto region. Uh, and we had been living in the city for about two years. And one day, we were just sitting in the living room like, I'm fucking bored. Like, there's there's a train line. We live 10 minutes walk from the train. And then there's a JR line that runs straight through the city. But all the things I want to go, all the places I want to go to aren't accessible by train. So I feel kind of paralyzed. So that's when we first started thinking about buying a car. It's like, I just want to... Wait, we, so we talked about bicycles before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? <laughs> They're accessible by bicycle, right? Yeah, but it's... <laughs> it's harder you can put the wife on the back <laughs> I you guess can so both. I mean you know <laughs> I've been watching some YouTube videos about these guys in England that are like okay now here's the latest greatest bicycle you can put like they put this cart in front of it and it's an e-bike and then you can put its two little kids on it and drive down the street so I guess I could put my wife in the little cart and be like a, <laughs> yeah. and then drive her up to hiking trails <laughs> I, I mean, I have done that. Well, I haven't done that, but I, I've ridden my bicycle up to bicycle trail, uh, to, up to hiking trails, and did what something I like to call hiking, which is cycling up to a hiking trail and then hiking and then hiking back to the ah, bicycle and then cycling back. It's mm, hiking. Mm. It's my own unique biathlon. You coined it. Okay. Yes, I coined it. So I, I have done that kind of stuff. But there's just some days where you just want to go hiking. You don't want to hike. Mm. You want to go. You want to hike. And then you get, um, you can spend, you know, the vast portions of mornings uh, cycling to where you want to go hiking, or you can get in your car and just get there and not be exhausted. Well, I'll get the electric, no, I'll get the electrified version. I'll okay. get one of those mopeds to go up the mountain. All right, I'll do that. But in the meantime, we bought a car. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, well, yeah like you next know, time. One of the yeah, things now that, that you have this information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the things that we we got the car, we got a station wagon type. We got a Honda Fit shuttle. So, uh one of the reasons we got that one is so we could put our bicycles into it and then drive to places that uh were nice for cycling. Is, is Honda Fit is that exclusive to Japan because I know that Japan has brands that are not sold uh, overseas. Honda Fit is a worldwide brand, but 
the oh, Honda the Honda Fit Shuttle I think was only was only sold in Japan, but a mm. few years ago uh, the the Shuttle brand was branched off from the Fit and it was made into its own branding, and mm. that that turned it turned it into more of like a a low cost luxury type of car for around two and a half million yen. Um, it, it looks more it looks better in settings of the city. What is that twenty thousand? US yeah, dollars. yeah, two twenty thousand US dollars. So it's still relatively cheap, but the corners mm. and edges make it look kind of city, more than like mm. countryside and hiking. So I don't think I'm gonna get another one of those. But oh man, the the new I was looking at the new Honda, uh, the new Hondas. They have these different brand sub brandings of Honda Fits. So they have the like the crossover like outdoorsy looking one that's called uh, what the hell is it called? It's called the Cross. The cross something. Sorry. Cross cross dresser. Oh uh, yeah, cross dressing car, yeah. And what they do with this car is they make the uh the height of the car thirty seven centimeters higher so you can ha- have better view of the road. And the mm. s- the seats are also waterproof, which I think you would like. Why why? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it would just be a throw in, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> why is it called fit? Is there any are there any uh, reasons for the brand names? Do they go into the history of why they named it, or is it just uh, meaningless? Uh, it, there could be meaning. I've never researched the meaning of the word "fit," except for you know, like exercise and stuff. I could imagine mm. that it's probably comes from the idea that the fit is more of a compact car, uh, hatchback mm. type, and so maybe it's economically and uh, environmentally fit. Mm, more metabolically flexible yeah, versus metabolically the overweight flexible. looking cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can feed it some peaches and pears, but it also take a mm. steak once in a while. Whatever the fuck mm. that means. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You know, actually, uh come to think of it, there was a long time ago I had this temp job back in San Francisco when I was like twenty one. And it was for a marketing thing. A marketing campaign not a campaign but market research and oh yeah we had these people would come in look at this big uh room of cars and we'd hear people uh talk about the different cars like there was a mustang whatever the fuck you know and we'd have to say we'd have to say what do you think about this car and they would say it's aerodynamic and we'd have to ask what do you mean by aerodynamic and they'd say, mm. oh, i don't know and he said well it point to the part of the car that is aerodynamic. And I thought that was mm. one it was one of the most interesting short term jobs I've ever had because there's all these all this language surrounding cars. And you know yeah. what? It's it's vapid. It doesn't mean what the yeah. fuck does aerodynamic mean compared to something else? Except for a very specific mm. meaning like in space industry. But people actually don't know when they say aerodynamic, they don't know what they're looking at. Or they say it's well. Sexy. When you say that, I think of like a, like well, like a truck isn't as, I mean, it, it can't pass through air, yeah, as efficiently as a Corvette or okay. a car that's, uh, you know, the, you know how they build some of these cars. They put them in this wind tunnel, yeah. and then they they use computers to determine the wind how. You know the you know you know the wind how the wind uh, passes over yeah, the yeah, front yeah, yeah. The, the hood of the car and over right. the top of the car. So I guess I guess these participants of this market research are saying, oh, that looks like, and they've probably seen ads, you know, yeah, advertisements. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing ads about yeah. them in the fucking wind tunnel and like, oh, look at this, look how it's aerodynamic, how fast yeah. it can go through through air, right? Versus but also, a, a dopey looking like uh, truck, 
brick wall yeah yeah on the road mm. well what about you know like there was another word that people use for cars sexy okay so then it's like okay well which part of the car do you want to fuck i mean it's like yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, part, yeah. which angle is sexy like it's sporty sexy aerodynamic i think, I think they smuggle that into because it gets confused with the it's often you, have, you often have beautiful women yeah on the car in the yeah. showrooms right they always have beautiful women right i don't know if they do that so often now mm. but uh they used to be the case but also there's a question of taste yeah people and car we're not uh, I don't want to speak for you, mm-hmm. but for me, I've never been a car guy, mm-hmm. but I can appreciate something that looks aesthetically pleasing. Right, right. You know, like um, I can I can look at a car and think, fucking hell, that looks actually pretty cool. Or um, I don't know if I would use the word sexy, but then mm-hmm. I'm not a car aficionado. So right. I think if you grew up in the culture, mm-hmm. you know, you work on cars, right? You fix engines or, you know, you're, you get car, you subscribe to car magazines mm-hmm. and that's your thing. Right. I, I think that's when you develop your taste right. in cars. And I think that's where the sexy factor comes in. Yeah. But so the the thing about the, the market research would be, okay, you got to tell us which, what, what, is there a line on the car that is sexy? What's making you think that this car is sexy? And so I found mm. that really interesting because it becomes a very obje- objective observation. And lots of people become speechless because it's like, well, it's the whole thing, but we want to know the car manufacturers want to know exactly what you think is sexy on a car, uh, mm. aside from a, a lady in a bikini, it, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, mm. you know, what the fuck? I just been talking about five minutes. We haven't been talking about Japan. Let's get back on track. Let's get back on track. Yeah. yeah. So, so you have a car yeah. uh, in Japan, which you are happy with your decision in choosing yes. that car, that yeah. brand of car. Right. And you told me that you were bored, you were sitting yeah. in the lounge, and you thought, you know what, I want to get a car. Yeah. And because you want to reach places. Yeah. Places that are normally inaccessible by train. Right. And it's a pain in the ass to ride there on a bicycle. Yeah. Even though the bicycle could be electric powered. But yeah, no, exactly. you, you, want it, you want your own car. I said, and, fuck And now you're living in an area yeah. where a car yeah. really makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Okay. So, yeah. Mm. Was it, did, you, did you have any growing, uh, were there any difficulties in getting the license? Uh, okay, so I... I, as an American, you can, uh, you don't have to go through the big rigmarole of getting a license, but you do have to get it switched over. So with, if you have an American license, you can go to a driving center, uh, you know, government driver driving license center, and <clears throat> you have to, have to jump through two hurdles. One is a paper test and one is a driving test. Now, mm. I talked to an ex-military friend of mine, and he said, oh, I got it after one time. Well, uh, all the people who were at this driver's test, I was like, how many times have you taken this test? The paper test is, let's just get this out of the way. The paper test is easy. It's like the mm, dumbest mm. questions in the world. It's like, uh, if you come to uh, a train crossing, A, you go over it as fast as you can. B, mm. you slow down, but you don't stop all the way, and then you cross. C, you stop, and then you look left and right, and once you f- realize that there's no obstruction, you cross the right. Re- like, they make it so oh, it's easy. A. It's A. <laughs> yeah, it's A. <laughs> exactly. It's A. You, run, you go as fast as you can across the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, even better when you see a train coming. That's when you put your foot down. <laughs> yeah, and when the bars come down, that's when you really go fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you want to you get by. You want to get by just under the, under the bar as it comes down. 
So this this paper test makes you feel like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. And then you get out of the paper test and then you, you go to this other place where you're sitting in this bench and there's a bunch of people waiting there and there's like, it's the most international place you've ever been to in Japan. There's Brazilians there, there's Mongolians there, there's Sri Lankans there, there's every type of person in this place and they're all on their fourth... It's like the immigration of, office. Yeah, it's the immigration office basically, a little little uh, cadre of people who want to get their driver's license. And I would ask these people, I'd be like, so how many times do you do? Oh, my fourth one. You mean you failed this four times? Like, yeah, they're very sp- particular. And like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's like my, my friend over here, he's on his, uh, he just got his uh, on the fifth time. It seems like it takes four or five times <laughs> before <laughs> we pass it. And uh, it took me four times before I passed the test. And uh, it's just very specific, teeny little things. One time it was um, they you know, how far left you move over to the side of the road under a little driving course when you turn left. So it's not Mm. like, okay, turn on the blinker, then you have to turn on the blinker, and nobody does this shit. Turn on the blinker Mm -hmm. 50 meters ahead, then you look in your rear view mirror, then you look at the left side mirror, then the right side mirror, mirror, and, and then you make sure that your car is less than 50 centimeters to the curb before you turn left. And the reason why you want to do this is so that bicycles behind you will not think they have a space to get through. You're tr- you're, you have to create a, a barrier because if you're turning left onto the next street a, and you don't see the bicycle, it could you could collide with with one from coming from behind you and then kill the bicyclists. Mm. So they're saying that you have to get over really, really close and then turn left. And you can't make any wide turns like that. Uh, there's also like, there's traffic lights in the driving course, right? And there's one time where it was like green and then suddenly it turned yellow. So I had to stop and I stopped like a little bit into the crosswalk. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I failed. So the police lady, she pulls down, goes down the window, and she takes half of her body. Half of her is like the most ridiculous look I've ever seen. Take half of her body, goes out of the window to look where my tires are. And I was like, ah, uh, no good. And I was like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. So yeah, after four times of this, I, I actually passed. And I actually went to a driving school for about uh, one hour per week to take just mm. short driver's driving lessons. Did you have any issues? Like, because in Japan, we drive on the left side of the road, like yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah. Whereas you come from a culture where you're driving on the right side of the road. Yeah. And the, the steering wheel is on the opposite side, obviously. So yeah. did was that an issue for you? Not really. Strangely enough, it wasn't. And I think I, I had lived in Japan so long that my brain had already been changed into that way of thinking. Oh, I see. The, actually, mm. about five, maybe... 10 years ago, after I'd been living in Japan, about six years, I went back to America and got my brother's car. And I hadn't had a license then in Japan. I got my brother's car and I started driving down his neighborhood street. And I turned to him and I said, is this the right side of the street? He's like, no. Mm, That's dangerous. (laughs) Mm. So actually, my brain had already been altered by the spatiality Mm. of Japan. Mm. So it wasn't hard for me to yeah, get Yeah, that's true it. because you're walking everywhere around right on the left side, right of the, of the street, mm-hmm. of the road. 
So you, you get acclimatized to it, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. But the 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 uh the shit I got with is like getting used to the narrow roads. Jesus Christ, shit is narrow. Mm. It's narrow. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. What's going well, on? I remember when that? I was talking about fucking bicycles. Yeah. When uh, like on a, on a street you got like this wide wide street uh wide pedestrian sidewalk and then suddenly it gets narrow. Yeah. For no apparent reason. It's like the construction workers just lost all fucking interest. Right. Or had no more fucking more money to complete yeah. like a like the end of the street and it gets narrow, it becomes a choke point yeah. where people on bicycles start ringing their fucking bells at me. Yeah. So yes, I am familiar with the narrow <laughs> the narrow side streets and the narrow roads. Well, now that we've gotten it straight that you're familiar and I'm familiar, <laughs> I can tell you that. Oh, man, wait, wait. You, yeah. You're in Japan too, right? Yeah, I'm in Japan. <laughs> okay. I, I'm familiar. <laughs> Wait, we're both in Japan. Yeah, we're both that? in Japan, so we should both be familiar. <laughs> Wait, what's the podcast? <laughs> this is out oh, in Japan. Hang right? on. Oh, uh, fuck! Almost lost. Uh, yeah. Lost the plot there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for getting me back on track. Uh, I I hope that you understand. I just want you to understand. And I understand that you understand spatiality of Japan. So mm, uh, yeah, I live on a small narrow neighborhood street, and you know I go out and I turn right. But, you know, if a car comes, I got to back up into my driveway. There's no space. Mm. Like, mm. and then I get out and then there's a corner and then there's a car coming from one direction, another direction. And then they stop and they look at each other and it starts to turn into a game of chicken. Who's willing to go further <laughs> before the other person turns way off to the side of the road so that they can get past you? And sometimes I've literally thought, Oh my, I, I've literally waited three or four minutes for lines of cars to go by before I actually mm. could get onto a road. Not because mm. there's a traffic light, but because there's a stack of cars that are trying to maneuver their ways in like a Tetris game way into different people's driveways or parking lots so that one car can get by. It is totally absurd. And the... There's no way of actually expanding the roads because it's all about land rights. People don't want to give up their space because they already don't have enough. So the roads are just so freaking narrow sometimes. And, uh, you know, you, you find out like that we got a little stream along one of the roads and there's no guardrail. This is like a two meter drop. And you could like, mm. and it's this narrow road. So it's really, really harrowing sometimes. But you start to get used to it. And then some people are just jerks, you know, they'll just like drive really fast. And you're like, why, how can mm. you do that? That's so mean. So What's the major yeah. difference in the cultural, I mean, what are the cultural differences in driving here versus in the States? I mean, I think you predominantly drove around where you're from in Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, I grew are there up any in major that. differences to driving there versus here uh, or where you're living now? I think like when I grew up, I grew up more in the, you know, the countryside of Philadelphia. So okay, um, yeah. there's big open roads. It, it, you know, you can be 10 miles away, like the ten, someplace 10 miles away doesn't feel that far, you know, because mm. you can drive quit fast down the road. But the big difference in Japan is, Jesus Christ, you can be like three kilometers someplace and it can take a half hour because just because just of the congestion congestion it's just ridiculous so but if you find a side street like are the you, first, you talking about in the rural area 
Yeah, I'm. I don't like. I I, I keep. Is trying this like to peak hour in the mornings or it, uh, it, in the evenings? It's uh, usually from. So here's the deal. There's one. There's one street that leads to a home center, right? And sometimes we go to that place. If you take the the most direct route there, we get out. Uh, it's less than two kilometers away. But on the way, there's a there's a traffic light. That traffic light is long. You could be waiting two minutes there. You turn right, and then uh, if it's three o'clock in the afternoon, you got a line of cars, and those line of cars are waiting in front of the first train line. So a train could be going past the local line. Then mm. after you get past that, there's another train line stop, the JR line. Mm. So then after that, there's a traffic light. And after that, there's another traffic light 100 meters later. So you could, mm, mm. It, on between the hours of 3 and 6 o'clock, it'll take you 25 minutes to get to that place because of the trains and the mm. traffic lights. So, How long would that trip have taken if you're on a bicycle, an uh, electric-powered bicycle? Uh, 10 minutes. Because yeah. basically what you can do with that is just bypass all the cars on the side of the street. Yeah, yeah. And then once the... See a letter, suckers. Yeah, just, get like, a... go past on your little bike. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, enjoying life. But, you know, like, the thing is, is that if you want to buy mulch, it's kind of hard to carry on your back on a bicycle. That mul- is true. Yeah, yeah it's might You just be... need a bigger basket. Yeah, that's true. If I got one of those uh, baskets that I saw on the internet the other day on the YouTube channel, I carry all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. I can just imagine putting like mulch in the basket and you and you go flying forward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, you do like a somersault in the air. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, that one that one bicycle I saw, there was one actually it was self-contained. It actually had a roof and sides like a car, except you were inside. It was like a Flintstones mobile. And that thing cost 14,000 pounds. Uh, that's more than my car. My car costs less, less than that. So there's also that to mm. think about. Well, talk about your car. I mean, you're, so you have your own parking spot, right? Yeah. I think you've, you told me before there's special regulations around that. Yeah, it's fucking paying. Having your own parking spot. Yeah, so when you buy your car... You have to notify the local police station that of your purchase so that they can go to your parking spot and confirm that it exists. What do you mean? Oh, so you purchase. You mean you have to confirm with them that you have purchased a car mm-hmm. and you have a parking spot for it. Yes. Or are you saying that you have to tell them that you have a uh, you have to register the parking spot and uh, not yeah, the car? Not the car. It's not the car. They want to know. That you have a parking spot, so okay. You but when I lived in an apartment building, uh, that when when I bought my car, I lived in an apartment building, and so the car dealership was like, "We can do this for you. We'll contact your local police department, and they'll they'll set schedule time to come out to your apartment building and look at you know parking spot three and check that that's your spot, and then." After they call us back, then we can let you drive off with your car. Why? But, why do they need to? Why does the? Why do the police need to know about your parking spot? What's so important about that? Okay, so these are my two harebrained ideas. I haven't done research on this, and you let me know which one is better idea. 
So one, uh, I think there's a premium of space in Japan. And as I mentioned earlier, the roads are freaking narrow. So if you are putting other people in a, a pinch because you don't have a parking spot and you're parking on the side of the road or you don't really have a, a place to put it, then you're causing uh, problems for everyone else in that area. That's one mm. possibility. The other possibility is maybe they just want to cut down on theft. You know, uh, it's much, I think it's much more difficult to pe- for people to think about, um, you know, selling shit on the black market when they know that a police officer is going to come down eventually and take a look at the spot. Uh, so that might actually m- maybe push people away from that. I don't know. Those are my two harebrained uh, hypotheses. What do you think? Which one is better? I think the police have too much free time on their hands. Okay, that's. I think I think crime is so low that they actually uh, have other tasks uh, appointed to them that they have to go out and look at these fucking parking spots. I don't know. I, you're right. I think uh, I agree with your first point is that Mm -hmm. space is at a premium and they don't want cars littering the streets so they want to make sure that you have a home for that car a garage yeah i don't know about the houses i mean don't most houses have some space don't they all have space for cars usually they have at least there's most houses nearly every house i've ever seen has at least one little parking space for the for a car so how many cars are there uh what do you mean in all of japan yeah, like car ownership. Uh, funny you should ask. Uh, there are approximately, as of June 2021, there are 61,917,112 cars owned by private citizens in Japan. So there are about 120 million people. Uh, mm-hmm. 120 million, right? Mm-hmm. About people in mm-hmm. Japan. So this so, is about half. Yeah, half. Almost so, half. Half the number have, have cars. And if you break it down into uh, the, the statistics that most uh, the uh, st- these uh, different organizations look at, specifically from the Automobile Inspection and Registration Information Association, they look at the statistics per household. And when you look at it from that perspective, the average household in Japan owns at least one car, which is, and their specific number is, you know, it's an average. So it's 1.037. Higher than the birth rate. Yeah, higher than the birth rate. That's right. That's right. More people are more interested in their cars than having children. Even 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 uh, conceiving kids in cars doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. one fucking, no, I just want to draw around in my car. No, I don't want sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, th- this, could, this could lead me into uh, a, a little quiz. Are you ready? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Go okay. On. I'm going to, I got to jump to the website here. The average, okay, here's quiz number one. The average household in Japan owns at least one car at 1.037. Now, which prefectures do you think have the highest ratio of car ownership per household? Now, Hokkaido. I, what? Hokkaido? Okay. And uh, maybe Saitama or Ibaraki. Okay. Saitama, Ibaraki, Kyushu. Kyushu. Kyushu is an island. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kumamoto. Kumamoto. Okay. All right. Uh, Chiba's on there. Oh, wait. You said Saitama. I never right? said Chiba. Thanks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, God Chiba. Okay, it's okay Chiba. wait, wait. Okay, but actually, Hokkaido's uh, not in the top five. Is that right? I thought there was like all this 
Space. I thought everyone would have a car. Yeah. Oh, actually, what's the pop? Maybe the population is really low too. Yeah. So oh, okay. actually, um, right above Hokkaido is Chiba, and then right above Chiba is Saitama. Did you say uh, above Hokkaido? Uh, yeah, as as far as the ranking is concerned. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Chiba has more cars per household than Saitama, so that's another bragging. That right does make thing. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone I know from Chiba has a car. Yeah. But it's only it's actually 0.95, so almost one car per household, mm. uh, and uh, Saitama is 0.948. Okay, Close. now the top five, you're gonna have to put them in the correct order. I'm gonna give you the names of the top five, and you put them in the correct order. Okay, okay. All right, so we've got Gunma. We've got yep. maybe you should write these down. Okay, Gunma. Yep. Gunma, Yamagata. Yamagata, yeah. Tochigi. Tochigi, yeah. Fukui. Fukui. Toyama. Toyama. Okay. All right. Put those in the correct order. Well, you know, I don't know much about Fukui and Toyama. So, <laughs> and Yamagata, I've never been there either. So, I don't know. How about that? Uh, I know Gunma. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Tochigi. Gunma and Tochigi, uh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm familiar with. Uh-huh. I would say, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, come on, play along. <laughs> okay, I'm trying. I'm trying, but I don't. Yeah. If okay, I don't know the about other prefectures very well. Okay, when you hear the word Fukui, does it make you feel like, hmm, I want to live there? Or does it make you think, hmm, that place probably sucks? Mm, Fukui. Fukui. It does. Mm, it doesn't sound that sophisticated, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, is that the point you're trying to make? Because it doesn't... Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to make you think like, okay, well, Gunma and Tochigi, you know, but these mm. others, you don't even... You're not even familiar with them. Hmm. So, you know, you got I don't think, think... Yeah, I think they're low. It must be low, right? Low? Okay. So, I, I'm going to say Gunma and Tochigi are near the top. Okay. Is that... Am All I right. close? Uh, I'm not going to tell you. Well, I don't know. So, Gunma and Toji get the top, then okay. Yamagata, Fukui, then Toyama. Okay. So, number one is Fukui. All right. Fuck! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, what I was trying to get at is, like, the idea that, okay, it sucks, so you want to get in your car and go somewhere else. I thought it was the opposite. I thought, I thought I was going to say, oh, that no one really has the money to get a car, so they go around on bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Fukui's at the top and low density, <laughs> low population density. So that's what I, th- what I thought you were going, you, you were staring me towards. But it's yeah. the exact opposite. The exact okay. opposite. So it's one point seven for Fukui. Then Toyama is second at mm. one point six. No, okay, yeah. completely opposite. Yeah, one point six six. Yamagata is a is a nose hair behind at one point six five. See, I got it all the, all mixed up, <laughs> all wrong because of your initial hint. Your meaningless hint. Uh, and then Gunma is number four at 1.6, and Tochigi is five at 1.5. Okay. All right. There you go. Got it. So there's uh, <laughs> everything I said is just in reverse order. <laughs> Got it. There you go. Yeah. You just yeah. turn it on its head. And there you yeah. go. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to do <laughs> one more tiny quiz, and we'll just move away from quizzes. Okay. This, is com- this comes from honda.co.jp topics. Mm. Okay, so uh, actually, I have an uh, maybe. Uh, what is this topic? So the topics page is them. It's like their blog. Yeah, it's they, like their where blog. They talk about news, <laughs> yeah, news, yeah. news in their uh, ecosystem of yeah. Honda. Yeah, it's like they talk about their partners topics. and suppliers. 
they got their own PR, their yeah. own PR apparatus, making these blog posts. Yeah, they they're they're all big on like. Uh... Oh, how about this? This might be a better one than that. Okay, for overall sales, we have Mazda, Honda, Nissan, Suzuki, and Toyota. Hmm. Put them in the right order. Oh, I think you could I do have that. No idea. You have no idea? Come on. Okay, Toyota. Okay, Toyota is uh, number one. Okay, number one. Then Honda. Mm -hmm. Then what was the other one? What were the other ones? Uh, Suzuki, Mazda, Nissan. Okay, I'm going to go with Toyota, mm -hmm. Nissan, mm -hmm. Honda, mm -hmm. Suzuki, Mazda. Okay, coming in at number five is Suzuki. Ah, fuck. Okay. Coming in at number four is Mazda. Oh, okay. Coming in number three, Honda. Yes. Coming number two, Nissan. Yeah. And number one, Toyota. So you're pretty you're pretty close. For someone who doesn't know much about cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I but you know what? I do know mm -hmm. that I could not fail with having Toyota at number one. Right. Because there is a whole fucking city that mm -hmm. is set up to support Toyota's operations in right. Nagoya. Right. They call it like Toyota Town or Toyota... It's just all dedicated. Every every single shop there is mm -hmm. dedicated towards su supporting the employees of Toyota. Right. Listen, I've never been there, but if you're, um, okay, if you're listening and you're a car aficionado, I think you should go and check out this place. Uh, maybe right. we can provide some... I don't know. If I didn't... Sorry, I didn't check any kind of notes on it, but you can find it. I, yeah. I'm sure that would be... Uh, if you love cars, I think you owe it to yourself to visit this prefecture. And I mean, this, uh, what is it? Is it Aichi? Or yeah, I'm Aichi. Sorry. I'm That's sorry. right. Yes, yes. Is it? Okay. Hey, <laughs> so go the, there yeah. and then and, and visit. I think they do public, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? When you, they allow members of the public to come in and mm -hmm. see operations. Right. So right. I, th I think that is a car lover's dream is to see uh how how their operations are run i'm not sure about the other car manufacturers but i think toyota does something like that you know what aichi i i i've driven into aichi and the roads are fucking nice as fuck and it's because of toyota that's what everyone i says. could imagine it's yeah. uh, there's so much nicer and just just for people's perspectives on this aichi prefecture has the highest number of owned cars in all of japan mm. At 4.1 million. Wow. And if you think about, like, Aichi uh, has Nagoya, and those that's a big city and all, but think about to Tokyo. It's a gigantic city, right? And hmm. uh, it actually, Saitama, the ownership, total number of cars is 3.2, and Tokyo is 3.1. Wow. Kanagawa yeah. is 3 million, and Chiba is 2.8. So, oh, we, we've talked about that before. If you're yeah. outside of Tokyo... It does, especially Saitama, when I, we've talked about bicycles before, and I said right. that I was surprised that I needed a bicycle to go to and from work right. because I was used to walking everywhere in Tokyo. In these areas, these prefectures, most, I th yeah, the car ownership has to be high because right. you can't get to these outlets or uh, yeah. what's yeah, the yeah, yeah. name of those stores, yeah. um, those big like uh, retailers. Yeah, yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. This is freaking, there, there's uh, one from America. Yeah, uh, like outlet Carrefour. is it called outlet? 
It's called, well, no, it's not called Outlet. What the hell is it called? I keep thinking of ones from the 1980s, like Sam's Club, but that doesn't exist There's anymore. one where you need a, like a yearly oh, yeah, yeah. membership. You got to yeah. pay like money. What's it called? It's, I don't know. Well, let's just settle on, uh, it's for douchebags. Just Why? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding because <laughs> we can't think of it. So it just must be for stupid uh. people. But um, uh, mm. I'm... I'm uh, God damn! What the hell is the name of that? Uh, but anyway, so yeah. So in these in these places, you it behooves people in those areas if you want to get the most out of where you're living is to have a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the more urbanized areas of say Osaka, Tokyo, other major, or maybe even Sapporo, maybe the argument mm-hmm. could be made that you mm-hmm. can get by without a car, but. Mm. I think that, uh, yeah, definitely in urbanized areas, just get a bicycle, I think, if you want to get places that are a little more like, inaccessible by walking. Right. Uh, I don't think, I don't know why you would want a car in the city except for a feeling of freedom. You know, you right. want to get out and you're fucking tired of taking a train every day to your soul crushing job. Where you got to get on a fucking train, crowded train every morning, and get on a crowded train to come home. I think many people just want the freedom of a car. And I've spoken to other Japanese who uh, have told me that they love listening to music as loud as they want because they can't listen to music uh, at a high volume in their little cramped apartments. And I said, "Well, what about earphones? So you know, AirPods or you know, like over overhead air, um, headphones?" And they tell me it's not the same thing. No, you want a good quality sound system in your car. And you just want to pull it up to full blast, and you want to go on a little journey uh, with yourself. Not listening to Journey, uh, although that might be a good idea too. Hey, listening hey, to the, the band hey. Journey, they're pretty good. Uh, oh, I was just thinking of the. the don't sh- stop, uh, right? What was the name of that song? Oh yeah, by Journey? don't stop believing. Don't yeah. stop. I don't. Have yeah, <laughs> get your get your hand out the window while you're driving and uh, driving around Tokyo and stopping, stopping and starting every every minute because of the traffic lights and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the traffic lights. Don't stop, and you stop at traffic yeah, lights. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're barely moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a like great a, song. <laughs> Perfectly I'm captures just driving to, around Tokyo. <laughs> there's also that song. Uh, was a Kansas had that song, the the point of no return. Yeah, yeah, mm. uses that. The point of no return. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so yeah, it's nice to get in your car and drive around and listen to music. And what about gas stations? You know, I always found it fascinating yeah. uh, seeing attendants from like the 1950s mm-hmm. standing there. And it's like, <laughs> you know, Back to the Future, when when he, when he Mar- <laughs> when, when uh, Marty gets, you know, he goes back in the DeLorean and, yeah. and is back in his town. And then he just sees these people with enthusiasm coming to change your oil and, you know, wipe the windscreen. Well, you have those people here in Japan. You have yeah. these these petrol stations, these gas stations, where they are from the 50s. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, in New Zealand, no. We don't, it's self-service. self-service. Yeah, yeah. But here, I, I don't know the percentage, but uh, maybe it's decreasing now. People are more used to doing it themselves. But um, do you get? Do you go to a self-service or do you like people doing uh, that for you? It's it's hard to get to a self-service place. And, Is that um, right? Yeah. So, and actually, when I've looked at gas prices, I color me blind. Possibly, I could be my my eyes could be deceiving me. But I always feel like I, when I look at the gas prices at self serve places, it's more expensive. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It's weird. That's why I'm like, am 
do I need? So you're telling me I can save money by having someone do it for me? Yeah. So yeah. they can like change the oil or whatever, and I just come out. I just get out of the car and, and just relax, like stretch my legs. And some yeah. guy who I mean, am I so if if I'm not paying more money, then how how are they justifying paying this guy to work there? I wish I knew the answer to that. <laughs> I, wow! I but it, so I, th- I, th- I think we've discovered another area of Japan that makes no fucking sense. Yeah, but it, it's uh, it's weird. Right, because it's so it's so comfortable and easy, and you, the the picture that you've painted for people that you get out of your car and stretch your legs, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, it's gonna. Oh, I'm just gonna stretch my legs in the middle of this really busy gas station. That doesn't really happen. So, uh, but uh, or maybe you've seen it, but I haven't seen it. Usually, the the parking the gas station that I go to is so busy that if you get out of your car, people are like, "What the fuck is that asshole doing?" <laughs> oh, so you mean so you mean you you drive up there and somebody you don't even get out of your car? No, they just do no. it for you. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Oh, they, wow. You don't even get out of your car. You just roll down the window and hand them money, and then they fill you up. Is that right? Oh, yeah. wow. That's really efficient. That's more efficient yeah. than what I was expecting. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's just like boom, Dri- and then you're out. <laughs> driving, driving like a uh, gas, like like pump. Um, re- refueling like yeah, yeah. Uh, like a slower version of the Formula One yeah, Sli- yeah slightly yeah, slower exactly. right they don't change your, your tires though but they yeah. basically do everything else almost yeah they do a lot for you and it, it's it's really nice uh, you know to to do that but there's you know it, you know the whole game of gas stations just trying to find the cheapest place but then if you get the gas card you get cheaper prices on gas per liter but mm. if your gas station starts going up in price, then the place across the street might be cheaper even without the car and stuff like that. So, but, you know, I have my loyalty to Idemitsu. And, I don't know uh, that. Idemitsu is just a gas station chain. Oh, okay. They have a, their their image, their icon is, uh, their logo is of a, a woman with a red face profile and a hair swirling around. In the oh, bank. yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, you know, does me well. There's a shell near my house. There's a Enios, but we go to Idemitsu. We're loyal. Are there to any you. BPs? Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a BP. You know what? I haven't either. That's no. why I'm asking. I don't think I've ever seen one. I don't think they're around. But you know what's fun is that uh, some of the they still have Esso. You, you ever do you ever see an Esso? Maybe in New Z- maybe you don't have them in New Zealand, but. When I was a kid, they used to have these ESO gas stations, E-S-S-O, and they eventually um, became Exxon. But oh, in okay. Japan, there's still ESOs around, which is very nostalgic for me to see. It's like, oh, wow. Mm, it's kind of mm. nice. Well, what about the people? Okay, the people coming yeah. into Japan, yeah. uh, ideally, what if they w- you can have an international permit, right? Yeah. International driving permits are permitted, from what I read... If you're a driver in your own country, you can get a permit for a maximum of a year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. After the one-year period, you cannot use that permit again Mm -hmm. unless you return to your home country for at least three consecutive months Mm -hmm. in between. Right. Uh, But if you stay here long-term, you can get your own driver's license like what my co-host did. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I was reading about bilateral agreements that Japan has with all these different countries, which makes it easier uh, for people to c- 
cut through a lot of the crap that Japanese have to go through. Yeah, at least so, that's the way I read it. So a lot of company, a lot of countries are actually. If you have a Japanese license, you can drive in Hawaii. You don't even need to get an international license. Why? Don't on Hawaii? Do they drive on the left side? Uh, I don't know. They drive American style, but it's, it's yeah, a, my, yeah. I would think so. Brother, so why? My brother-in-law just he mm. he when we went to Hawaii, he said that he could just rent a car with his Japanese driver's license. Uh, Hawaii's like this place that's basically should not be America. <laughs> it's like it's mm. so weird because you know in Honolulu, I don't know, I'm getting off topic, but basically uh yeah, you can do that and so that's kind of nice. But like people from the UK, it's a really easy process to get your license. All you got to do as as far as I've heard is just fill out an application and then take a picture. Whereas like me and the Brazilians and the Mongolians and the Sri Lankans, we're all, we all got to actually take driver's tests. Discrimination. Discrimination hurts my feelings. So Racist uh, policy. <laughs> basically what I've heard, the reason why Americans can't do it is because, um, well, one reason that I've heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, is Japanese people heard that getting a driver's license in America is really easy. So for those who lived in America for a year or two, they would get a driver's license in America and then come back to Japan and just switch it over. And what I heard was like, they have these big uh, driving schools that they're mm. like a cash cow. And they'll take, uh, they'll, they'll, it costs like 300,000 yen and they give you all these courses. And then when you're finished, you get your light, you can take your tests or whatever. And it's really easy to pass your test after that. And um, so because they were circumventing that, whole system apparently japan got angry and made it so that Amer americans can't just simply easily switch over and neither could J japanese just hop on over to hawaii take a driver's test and then come back that's what i heard i don't know if it's true or not this is all uh rumor um roads that you said so before there are a lot yeah. of narrow roads here yeah. so that requires like maybe more a little more precision in yeah. your driving ability versus yeah. the roads in America, which are wide. You're always given mm. a wide berth. In fact, the argument could be made. You could be driving. You could be Japanese and get a license, uh, drive in America quite comfortably. In fact, yeah, the could argument be. could yeah. be made that because of the roads, you know, how wide the roads are, you could probably drive drunk too. Not that I'm uh, advocating that, but I, I think uh, I think it's fine. You've really got to go... Uh, you really got to fuck up in order to have an, uh, get into an accident in America, wouldn't you say? Uh, well, here's the thing. You can drive at much higher speeds in America, which can also lead to greater injury and accidents. Mm. So the, the lower speeds in Japan and the, the narrower roads uh, make people more careful. But I'll tell you what, um, some people uh, don't drive nicely and um, they don't heed traffic laws and stuff like that and it it becomes precarious at times so that can cause a lot of accidents and you know there, there's a lot of there are plenty of accidents that occur and unfortunately as people get older uh that that's another issue right someone in my neighborhood just uh was killed by a car 19 year old was killed by a 76 year old driver um just this past week 
And that's been a, a story that's been in the news for a long time. Like people, as they get older, I know I'm kind of veering away from the main question, but that, that's one issue that, that does exist in Japan. Uh, and I, I think overall, maybe uh, Japanese would have an overall better a time of driving in America, except for one thing, which is parking. Japanese know how to back in. That's like the main thing, like backing into a parking spot is really important. But in America, parallel parking is essential. Mm. So parking on the side without hitting the curb, you don't yeah. see a lot of spots in Japan, or at least my experience is that of parking on the street. There's, it's always off street parking. So mm. you'll have cars, you'll have these little parking spots that are very hard to get into. You really mm, got to mm. be able to maneuver well, especially in Tokyo or even any densely populated area. And to get into them and to get out and you pay, whatever. There's metering systems and stuff like that. But most of the time, you're not on the street. Yeah. Uh, now, I've so seen also those public parking areas and they clamp down your car. Yeah. And that was new to me is that when yeah. you go in, it's like the car gets clamps attached to its wheels so you can't drive out of the parking lot until you've paid yeah and and that was interesting to me that was yeah uh it was fascinating to see that that uh yeah it seemed very efficient we got a parking space and it's all uh they've got these ticket uh, machines where you just pay and once you come back you you get your car back yeah uh very yeah it was efficient i think that overall it's it's really impressive with the limited of space, limit of space, how they're able to create all kinds of different parking spots. There's, I mean, there's multi-layer, tiny little parking That's, spaces. Oh, also, yeah, the yeah. cars that are in the contraption where they've got yeah. those, con uh, it goes into, like with bicycles. Fuck, we yeah. didn't even talk about on the bicycle episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can actually put your bicycle in and it goes into this machine mm -hmm. where you've got these robotic uh, sort of uh, contraptions which take your bicycle away and it files away like a book in a library. And yeah. uh, the same with cars. They treat the right. cars the same way. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's really interesting, especially, and it's very uh, space efficient when you're downtown somewhere. I've only seen it once happen. They, you, uh, I drove in with a coworker and we were going to some department store and they, they put their car on this on this little rotator and it spins the car in the proper direction. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The door goes up yeah, and then it goes cool. in. And, mm. and then it like automatically pushes the thing while you're standing outside and it's being rotated into the spot. And then it goes up on that elevator thing into its proper spot. <laughs> it's very, mm. it's, it's very, very efficient and cool. And I, 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 it's, it just speaks to the need. And I think that's just an innovation that, that is based on, you know, space. You know, well, speaking of innovation, you wanted to yeah. touch about uh, on electric vehicles. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to learn what's what's happening with that. Okay, well, basically, last year the government, along with many other governments around the world, have been talking about this. Uh, the government has made initiatives for car manufacturers to get in line for electric vehicles, and basically, they want uh, by the 20, the mid 2030s to have a goal of 100% electric vehicles, uh, sold new cars sold. And by 2030, they want the market to be about 70% hybrid or electrical vehicle. And you know what? All these terms, this hybrid electric vehicle, hybrid plug-in, 
the the names of these things are so confusing and the car manufacturers now are taking such advantage of the consumer's lack of knowledge or misunderstanding of it. Like Honda has this new system. Okay, well, let's just go over the names. You've got the hybrid, which is then in, in parlance is called the HV. And then you got the plug-in hybrid, which is the PHV, which means you can plug it in at home and charge it. Then you have the fully EV, which is electric vehicle. Then you have the FCV, which is fuel cell vehicle, which is runoff of hydrogen. Then there's these hybrid cars that are being made now by, say, Honda, and they do something, they call it the HEV, and none of it is electric. But they love putting E in things because it's eye-catching and people think, oh, it's eco-friendly, but it's still a gasoline-powered car. Mm, mm. And so all of these things are so confusing to see. And in fact, the last time we got, uh, we got our car inspected, my wife went into the showroom and some salespeople were there and she's like, well, I'm interested. Maybe what, what kind of electric cars do you have? And they have this one electric vehicle right now. And it looks like the design was made by a seven-year-old uh, who worked really hard at drawing, you know, the shape of a car. <laughs> it just mm. looks so basic looking. And it costs four million yen. It's so expensive. And the range is like 200 kilometers. And you're just thinking, I hope... What what things that the things that they have to overcome with electric vehicles if they want to reach these targets, the main hurdles are the cost, which they cost at least now at least a million yen more than a regular car. Mm. And then the infrastructure. So that means charging stations and not only charging stations, your house. If I wanted to get an electric car, I would have to spend at least a hundred thousand yen on rejiggering the outside of my house and creating the proper wattage uh, outlet to charge my car with. So I, it, it costs a lot of money just to get your house set up for charging cars, let alone finding a charging station. Then the other hurdle is charging time. It takes forever to charge these cars. So how long? It, it can take uh, up, to, up to like four or five hours at times to charge these cars. Now, they're getting, all of this technology is getting faster and faster and faster. We talk about the Leaf. The Leaf right now has something where a range of something like 500 kilometers. But that's the thing. The, the thing that's confusing about this stuff is we're talking about energy production. We're talking about energy usage. If you're on a flat surface going 500 kilometers, maybe you can do it. But if there's any elevation, you're dead. You're dead in the water. I watched this YouTube video. I watched this YouTube video about this guy. He has a, he has a leaf and he lives in Fukushima and he wanted to ride something called the Bandai Azuma Skyline. And that's about you're going from 60 meters above sea level to 1,300 meters above sea level in about an hour. His leaf was at 80%. By the time he got to the top of this mountain, it was at 30%. Mm. So that's 50%. So that leaves you at like, you're pretty much screwed. You got to find a charging station soon or else you're not going to be able to drive your car down the street. So it's not well, just We haven't about, even talked about Tesla. 
where's Tesla feature? Because Tesla, Tesla is like a premier electric vehicle, and uh, I think they're building a presence in Japan. I think they've been in Japan for about, what, five, six years? Um, I've, have you seen any Teslas? Yeah. I have seen none. Mm. Zero. I When I drive around, I've driven you know, all around, I, I don't see any Teslas at all. I think their presence is pretty small. Maybe in Tokyo, because Tokyo has a more international feel to it, and maybe people are more willing to uh, go for something like that. But around where I live and places I've been, I have not seen any Teslas at all. But you've seen them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, so yeah, in you, Tokyo. You talk about, uh, yeah. My point is is that comparing a Leaf to a Tesla, it's ridiculous. I don't. I mean, I think Tesla's capacity, it their expertise in electric vehicles is unquestioned at this point. Uh, they are the they're setting the benchmark. And Leaf, I don't. Your example there, I don't know if that compares favorably at all to what Tesla is able to get out of there. So vehicles. tell me this: How much does the cheapest Tesla cost? It's expensive. Yeah, that's what I'm really talking expensive. about. That's that's a hurdle yeah. right there. Like if I wanted to, the average family, if they looked at a Tesla, which would be like a sedan of some sort, you're you're probably looking at what four million yen at the cheapest. When you're mm, looking mm. at a Leaf, you're you're going from three point three million yen, and like mm. I'm talking about the freaking Honda electric car, four million yen for this stupid rinky dink car. It, you know, Tesla might have the latest technology. But there's still the question of infrastructure, and I'm sure well, the that charging it, stations. I don't even know if they're fully. Uh, if you're if you're able to go from the top of Japan to the south of Japan, where there's enough. I'm sorry, everyone who's listening. I haven't done enough <laughs> research on it. Maybe we'll add it to the blog. Yeah. But right, right as it stands <laughs> now, I don't know if they actually have the network set up in order to get from the top of Japan down to the bottom uh, with the appropriate number of charging stations. And also, they're proprietary. So other other car companies can't use Tesla charging stations. So I don't know what uh, the kind of arrangements Nissan and Toyota, uh, Mazda, Suzuki, I don't know what their plans are in terms of establishing a network that they can all agree upon. Maybe they have, but I think I made it clear at the beginning. I'm not a car guy, but I think it's yeah. something to ponder yeah. moving forward. I, I mean, it's such like a, you know, I think there's a certain consumer out there and it's someone who makes close to $100,000 a year who has stable income they can start to look at these cars as realistic. Even those cars that like the Leaf, if you have a Leaf or, you know, it's like even at the lower end, you, you probably still need another car because you're not going to get any. If you want to go on a road trip, <laughs> you can't. Mm. It's not possible. Not It's not possible now. And of course, technology is going to get better. And the reason why I, I'm talking Leaf so much is because this is a Japanese company and they're the, you know, the leader pretty much in the, I've seen Leafs around. I've seen them around. So um, the Honda electric car, I haven't seen anywhere. And the, the Toyota hybrid plug-in, you'll see a Prius plug-in occasionally. There's one in my neighborhood. They, I saw it plugged into his electrical socket outside the house. So there, there is that kind of stuff, but there's not a lot of um, foreign car presence. Not that I've noticed. It's, it's, and if it is, it's like maybe Korean cars, uh, American cars, and things like that. Just 
they just aren't that big in Japan. Well, we're coming up to the end of the podcast. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to share with listeners about cars in Japan? I think I've had my fill. I think I've had my fill too. I've been charged, mm. charged up at one of the rare charging stations. Um, <laughs> I've got... Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that uh, we were able to cover one other episode on transportation and uh, one of us has a car and I'm glad that one of us had some experience in driving <laughs> in Japan while the other uh, sometimes asks questions and yeah, uh, I have yeah, a better yeah. idea I have a better grasp on owning a car and driving in Japan but we will put more information on the blog for people mm. that we think will be salient to anyone who wants to drive in Japan how about that Okay. Anything we good. miss, anything we miss in the podcast will be on the blog. So yeah, we appreciate you listening. So thank you all very much. And uh, until next time, we will uh, delve in to another topic. <laughs>